You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. All right, y'all. I'm going to hop right in because this one was requested by one of the listeners. So thank you so much for letting me know what you want to hear about for this Finance Friday Live. And it's going to be all about the Biden student loan forgiveness, right? Because that is a hot button topic. There's been a lot of updates since I talked about it, what, two weeks ago? So I'm like, let me go ahead and revisit it because obviously everybody has questions. It's a lot going on. It's a lot to take in, which I completely understand. I'm trying to keep up myself so that way I can let you all know what's going on. But I'm going to start with the basics, what it is, just in case there's people watching that have not heard yet or have no idea what's going on. Start off with that. Then I'm going to go over some important dates to keep in mind. And then I'm going to go over if you are eligible for a refund (laughs) on any of the payments that you made during the pause. And then I'm going to go over taxes because some states are trying to tax in North Carolina where I live is one of them. (laughs) So I was like, let me go ahead and cover all of these. So I will only be covering student loan forgiveness because as you can see, there's a lot to go over. So if this doesn't apply to you and you're like, I really don't care, I don't, this is not, then I'm telling you now, this is exactly what I'm going to be going over. So feel free to stay and educate yourself. Maybe you could educate someone else that is eligible, but this is exactly what was asked of me by an audience member. And this is what I'm going to give. Mama's money map. Yes. So she acts for real. They're trying to tax student loan forgiveness. Yes, there's actually, I think, seven states, the last I checked, that's trying to tax this forgiveness. So I'm going to go over that as well, what the possible tax rates and stuff might look like. So yeah, that's coming up towards the end. All right. So let's go ahead and get started with just the basics of what's going on. As we all know, if you followed the politics before Biden got elected, he said that he was looking at student loan forgiveness widespread. That is one of his platforms. That's what he wanted to do for the people. And so for the whole time he's been president, I know I've been one of them. Like, where's the student loan forgiveness? Because your girl needs it. So finally, He made an announcement saying what the plan would look like. So there's a few parts to the plan and bear with me because I'm looking at the government website right now just so I can make sure I get everything right for you. So part one is they're going to do a final extension of the student loan repayment pause. If you didn't know, you've been under a rock since COVID. The government has extended at least four or five times now you having to pay back your student loans if you have federal loans. So they're doing it one final time and they've made it clear that this is the final time. It will extend the pause through December 31st, 2022, which means payments will start resuming January 2023. Now, whether or not you qualify for student loan forgiveness, if you have federal student loans, That's when they would be due. But like I said in the previous live, talk to the student loan servicer that you use because I talked to mine and they said even if they didn't extend it again and let's say it was the end of August like it was originally, 
I still wouldn't have to pay until I have next year because of the type of plan I was on. So talk to your student loan servicer and see with your individual circumstances if you would have to pay as of January because it might not be the case. So that's part one. Then part two is providing targeted debt relief to low and middle income families. So this is the big part that a lot of people are talking about now. So what the U.S. Department of Education is going to do is provide up to $20,000 in debt cancellation to Pell Grant recipients with loans held by the Department of Education and up to $10,000 in debt cancellation to non-Pell Grant recipients. If you're not familiar with what a Pell Grant is, when you applied for school and you filled out your FAFSA, they use that information to determine if you're eligible for a Pell Grant, usually for low or middle income families. If on your application you indicated that with your income levels and things like that or your parents' income levels, if they fit that category, you was probably eligible for a Pell Grant. You would have seen it on like your college statements, even though I'm like, what students really look at those? I was one of those that did. But so I know I got Pell Grants. But if you looked at it and you saw a Pell Grant, then you would be eligible for the bigger amount, which is 20000 Now, borrowers are eligible for this relief if their individual income is less than $125,000 for single or $250,000 for households. So what does that mean? If you file your taxes by yourself, you're not married, you're just single person, you would have to make less than $125,000 to be eligible. If you're married, then you all would have to make less than $250,000 combined, okay? Now, also, in addition, borrowers who are employed by nonprofits, the military or federal, state, tribal or local government may be eligible to have all of their student loans forgiven through the public service loan forgiveness program. So pretty much what they did was extended the eligibility requirements for the public student loan forgiveness program. So this has always been in existence, but now it's not as difficult to get anymore. So if you work for a nonprofit, military or federal, state, tribal or local government, you may be eligible to have all of your student loans dismissed. Okay. The temporary changes they made to the program will expire at the end of October. So October 31st, 2022. So if you feel like you're eligible for that, you need to go ahead and apply and make sure and you would do that through your service. And then also you can go to PSLF.gov to find out more information about that program. But you would apply through your servicer, if you feel like you are eligible for that. If you notice in all of the talk, they keep saying up to $20,000 or up to $10,000. The reason they're saying that is because, let's say you're in, if you're eligible for $20,000 in debt relief, but you only have $15,000 remaining, they're only going to dismiss that $15,000. You're not going to get twenty, dollars and then they're going to give you five just for free. No, it's only up to what your balance is. So that's what they mean when they say up to XYZ. The U.S. Department of Education does have access to your income data because if you file your taxes, they usually have that information. But if they do not have your income data or let's say your situation changed since the last time you filed taxes, they will launch a simple application, which will be available by early October. So make sure you mark that on your calendar as well. 
early October is when you can fill out the application for the $10,000 to $20,000 student loan forgiveness. If you want to be notified when the application is open, then just go to the Department of Education subscription page and then you can sign up for our email alert there. Sorry, I meant to put this on. Do not disturb. Somebody texted. So once a borrower completes the application, if you decide to do it that route, you can expect relief within four to six weeks. Personally, I'm like, I might go ahead and file the application anyway. And that's what I suggest you do. And actually, that was the next bullet point on this. <laughs> the government's website is we encourage everyone who is eligible to file the application. But there are 8 million people for whom we have data and who will get the relief automatically. So I'm saying just to check all your boxes, go ahead and fill out the application when it comes out at the beginning of October, early October sometime. Make sure you sign up on the government page so that we can get a notification when the application is open and then just do it that way. And in that way, you can make sure you cover in both bases if they're going to do it automatically or if the application is what they're going to go off of. They are advising that people apply before November 15th in order to receive relief before the payment pause expires on December 31st. So don't wait until the last minute. Matter of fact, I would suggest if you are eligible, go ahead and fill out the application ASAP as soon as it drops. And that way it can be out the way because wouldn't it be horrible if you like, okay, the application's out. All right, I'm going to wait. And it's November 16th. And so now you can't do it. <laughs> Just go ahead and get it done. And then it says they will continue to process applications as they are received, even after the pause expires on December 31st. So if you don't see it applied to your account by December 31st, don't panic. They're probably still working on it. Mind you, it's millions of people that are eligible for this. Everybody's short staff. So it may take some time. Then the third part of the student loan thing that's coming down the pipeline, I don't even know what to call it. Part three is that they want to make the student loan system more manageable for current and future buyers. So they are requiring borrowers to pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income monthly on undergraduate loans. It used to be 10%, so that's going down. So even if you have debt, whether or not you qualify for this, instead of basing it on 10% of your discretionary income, now they're basing your payments on 5%. They're also going to raise the amount of income that is considered non-discretionary income and therefore is protected from repayment. Then they're going to forgive loan balances after 10 years of payments instead of 20, because it used to be you had to make 20 years of payments before loan balances were forgiven. Now it's going to be 10 years, but that's only with loan balances of $12,000 or less. So you know how Dave Ramsey's student loans around so long has become a pet. <laughs> now, hopefully that won't be the case for a lot of people anymore. And then cover the borrower's unpaid monthly interest. That unlike other existing income-driven repayment plans, no borrower's loan balance will grow as long as they make their monthly payment, even if that monthly payment is zero because their income is low. What does that mean? They're not going to charge you interest as long as you're making your monthly payments. So now it becomes even more important to make your monthly payments every month on your student loan. So for those people that are like, 
I'm not paying my student loans. They're not getting a dime out of me. Then now it's going to be accruing. I mean, it was always accruing interest, but now they're incentivizing people to go ahead and pay them. So make sure you keep that in mind. So those are the three parts to the plan that is starting to roll out. They've already done the public service loan forgiveness expansion. That's already done. Now they're working on the second part and then they'll be working on the third part. So now let me recap those dates. So make sure you're writing this down, y'all. Early October is when the applications would open up. So make sure you mark that down early October and go ahead. Like I said, I'm going to say it one more time because I know we hard headed. Go on the Department of Education's website and make sure you sign up for the notification via email when the applications open. But it's going to be early October. They haven't announced a specific date, so I don't have any more information other than that. But you can just sign up for updates on the website. November 15th, that is when they're going to close the applications. So make sure that you apply between early October and November 15th. Now, like I said, I suggest that you just do it as soon as it opens. So A, you can be at the top of the line. (laughs) And then B, you can just get out the way and forget about it. And you don't have to worry about doing it anymore. Then December 31st is when student loan borrowers, regardless if you qualify for this forgiveness or not, if you have federal student loans, the pause on the payments will expire. If you have outstanding debt after the amount is forgiven, make sure that you have enough money set aside to begin resuming payments because you will still go, you still gonna have to pay. Now, like I said, my tip is to call the student loan servicer and see when based on your particular circumstances, you would have to start paying because like I said, I call mine and it's not going to be January. It's going to be May. And I might call them again since this announcement. Cause when I called last time, it was like in June before they made this announcement. And so I might call them even again, just to make sure we all on the same page. Cause you don't want to get caught with your pants down <laughs> come January 1st. So make sure that you know exactly what you're walking into. And when I called, I was trying to figure out how much my payment was going to be when it was going to be due and when the payments would start. And lo and behold, she was like, you don't even have to worry about it until May. So make sure you do that and make sure that you get your paperwork in order now, just in case on the application, which I don't know. They said it was simple. Is anything in the government simple? Mm. They said it was simple, but make sure that whether or not you got a Pell Grant, if you could put get your hands on any of those documents, please do just to make sure you have everything you need for when that application opens, because we don't know what's going to be on it. So you might as well go ahead and start collecting your information now. Hey, it's Tiffany. Are you interested in starting a podcast? We can get up to two months of free podcasting service from Lipson with the code Money Talk. Get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify anywhere you want. Get critical stats to help you grow. Find all the tools and support you need to sound your very best. And you can even do video. Really bring your podcast to life with Lipson. You can use code again, Money Talk, to get two months of free podcasting service. This is what I use to get my podcast to your listening ears. Enjoy. If 
you made payments during the payment freeze, which I was telling people, if you had it, go ahead and do it, which now you're going to be glad you did. If borrowers are eligible for the forgiveness plan and you made payments on your student loan debt during the pandemic era, pause on the bills, you will be automatically refunded those payments. So your servicer is supposed to go back and say, okay, this person was making a payment of $200 a month during the pause, but now they're eligible for forgiveness. They should automatically refund you those payments. The stat is that more than 9 million people made at least one payment on their federal student debt between April 2020 and March 2022. But also the vast majority of borrowers haven't made any payments, taking advantage of the suspension, which either way was fine. But now if you did go ahead and make the payments, you can get that money back. Which payments are eligible for a refund? So payments made since March 2020 on federal student loans eligible for the pause should now be refundable. So if you made any payments between March 2020 and now, those payments should be refunded. Now, any payments made before the pandemic don't qualify. Also, if you have commercially held federal family education loans, so the FFEL loans, those weren't eligible for the payment pause and they won't be eligible for the refund either. Hey, Finlit guy. So how do you request a refund? You, you shouldn't need to apply for them because everything should be automatic. But the only caveat is if you paid your loan in full during the pandemic. So let's say you paid off your student loans then you'll have to take action and request the payments back. So if you still have a balance, you still with your same servicer, they should refund it automatically, any payments that you made between March 2020 and now. But if you paid off your loan in full, which kudos to you, you'll have to take action and request the payments back. Also, people who may have refinanced their federal loans will may need to ask their student loan servicer for the refund. So the... Common thread here is if you no longer have the servicer, so whether you paid that off or you refinance with somebody else, then you want to go back and call that servicer that you previously had. And you can get back everything that has been paid since March 13th, 2020. So they're not capping that. So whatever that looks like for you, that is how much you will get back. And the goal should be to get the maximum forgiveness that you're eligible for. All right. Now let's get the nasty part because when I saw this, I said, for real, they trying to tax the student loan forgiveness. So as of today, because this article was updated two hours ago, there are seven states that are looking to tax the student loan forgiveness if you're eligible, which I feel is so crazy because one, this is supposed to help low and middle income families. And then two, I'm like, if they're trying to help now, here come the states with their hands out. Oh, even though this was forgiven, we still need some money because now that's taxable income. I just don't think it's right. But that's neither here nor there. I don't make the laws. I'm just here to go over them. The seven states are 
Arkansas, California, Indiana, Minnesota, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. So if you're in any of those states, you may have to pay taxes on your student loan, state taxes on your student loan forgiveness. So if you're living in a state, you should be prepared and try to set the money aside just in case they try to come after your money as a result of this. So I'm going to go state by state because I notice people watching from all over. So I want to make sure I cover the states that I know about right now. So, for instance, in Arkansas, they have graduated income tax rates from 2% to 4.9%. So you would take whether you're getting the 10000 or the 20000 take that and then calculate based on Arkansas taxes. For instance, if you get in 10000 and it's 2%, then you would, my mind just went away, you have to pay $200, okay? So just keep that in mind. Now also keep in mind too, there are other strategies to make sure that you keep your tax bill low. So like when I read this and North Carolina is one of the states, I'm like, throughout the year, I do tax saving strategies anyway, and I have my own business and all types of stuff. So it could be possible where I probably wouldn't have to pay that or at least not that much. But just start keeping this in mind. If you have already figured out your year and you already had an idea of how much your taxes would be, make sure you take this now into consideration if you live in these states because it may increase your tax burden. California is another one. They have graduated rates based on your taxable income with percentages ranges from ranging from 1% to 12.3%. Although the higher tiers exceed the income limits for student loan forgiveness, so the people that are eligible probably won't be in the 12.3% range, but just double check. So for example, if a single person has a taxable income of $40,000, their next dollar of income is taxed at 6%. So that's how California works. So you would have to go to the website, see what the tax rates are, and then calculate your way from there. Indiana. Indiana has a flat tax rate of 3.23%. So this is not graduated. So that means you're either going to pay $323 or $646 of state tax liability. So even in the grand scheme of things, and this is what I was looking at too, because North Carolina also has a flat tax rate, but I was like, and I'm gonna get to North Carolina in a minute, but there's this 4.99. So I'm like, mm, they're going to take $499 or almost a thousand but I'm getting 10 to 20 because of my getting forgiven. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> Go ahead and take your money. I will take that. But unfortunately, still don't make it right, in my opinion. But I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, I would happily pay that tax bill to get that amount forgiven. So anyway. Then Indiana residents, because I'm on Indiana you may also have to pay county tax depending on your jurisdiction. So make sure you look at that too. So even though you have a flat tax rate, you still might have to pay your county tax too. So make sure you look at that. Minnesota. Minnesota's income tax rates are graduated. So they range from 5.35% to 9.85% for 2022. 
So make sure that you are checking that out. Minnesota's Department of Revenue is actually working on an example to share with borrowers. So Minnesota's serious about this thing. So if if you live in Minnesota, go ahead and get your coins ready (laughs) because they're like, we are even going to give you an example of what this is going to look like. So I don't think they're overturning theirs. All right, and then we in North Carolina, so that's where I live. We have a flat tax rate of 4.99% for 2022. So like I said, the tax liability would be $499 if you qualify for $10,000 or $998 if you qualify for $20,000. Then we have Wisconsin, which is the last one. They have graduated rates as well, so it depends on income with rates ranging from 3.54% to 5.3%. Now, we've talked about this before. There's so many different ways that you can lower your taxable income throughout the year by putting money in your work retirement plan, contributing to HSAs and FSAs. There's a lot of different strategies you can use throughout the year to make sure that your tax bill is as low as possible. So just keep that in mind as you factor in all this stuff. Be like, hmm. Now, don't take this as advice. I'm just joking. But you might be like, hmm, I might get those some money in FSA real quick and knock that down or HSA real quick and knock that down. I'm just saying because <laughs> HSAs don't expire either. So you can keep rolling that money over. So if you have access to an HSA, you might can throw that over there and not even have to owe this stuff. But anyway. You ain't hear that from me. I'm just saying, look at all your opportunities, okay? Because there's different ways you can lower your tax bill. And this might not even be an issue. Please be prepared, y'all. If you're in one of those states that is going to tax this help that the government's giving, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I feel like... I almost feel like we should all be prepared just in case. Cause you know how it is sometimes y'all where one government will do something. Then they're like, Oh, they got a lot of money from that. Let's see if we can do it. I'm going to just say, just to be on the safe side, I always say prepare for the worst case scenario. So I'm going to say, go ahead, regardless of the state, even if you're not in any of these seven states that have announced it, your state may not have announced it yet. Okay, so just go ahead and look up what your tax rate is. Get that in your head if you're eligible for these forgiveness, the student loan forgiveness plan. So that way you won't be caught, which pants down. It's just better to be safe than sorry at the end of the day. So hopefully that was helpful. We spent a whole 30 minutes almost on talking about these, the student loan forgiveness and student loan plan or whatever, but it's really good information. And I might actually double this episode up as my ex Tiffany for Tuesday. So if you missed it, you might be hearing this on the podcast too. But the important thing is somebody asked me this question. They like Tiffany, give us the full rundown. So that's what I did today. And hopefully it was helpful. Like I said, this is streamed live on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, and YouTube. So if you're following me on any of those platforms, you can go back and watch the replay. I leave it out there for y'all. And if you have any comments, questions, whether you're looking at it live or the replays, please still drop them because I will go back and answer. People dropped them before for previous Friday. I will go back and still answer your questions. Or I might say, oh, I'm going to cover that next time. So make sure your questions are heard so that way I can help you. (laughs) But hopefully this has helped somebody today because it was a lot to go over. And I just want to make sure we all have a good understanding of what's going on with these student loans. And I'm telling you now, let me just recap these dates again. Early October is when we need to be putting in these applications. Okay, y'all? Put on your calendar now. Just put October 1st, (laughs) just so you could be on the lookout, okay? And also sign up for the notifications on the website so that way you will be one of the first to know i know i'm about to go do that right now because i need my twenty thousand. okay i was looking at my net worth and i was like this twenty thousand. like i would be i think i would be in six figures in net worth i need that y'all i need it so (laughs) yes I'm going to say, go ahead. I'm going to do that right now after I get off this live is go and put in that notification, my email. Please let me know when these applications go live. November 15th is the deadline. Don't wait until the last minute. Just do it ASAP. December 31st is when all student loan payment pauses end. They have said this is the last time. So don't think that they not they going to extend again it's probably not gonna happen they have reiterated that multiple times this is the last time so january 1st they're gonna come due (sighs) y'all and then also the last point was to make sure you figure out your state taxes because some of these states is tripping and (laughs) they're trying to take some of the money Those are my tips for today. And if, like I said, if you missed it, watch the replay. I go over tips for each of those different points. So anyway, I love y'all. And I look forward to seeing you next Friday at noon. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>